0: Hi there and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thank you very much, Kelly, and good morning, everyone, and welcome to 2023. I don't know how many times I've stood up here over the years, sometimes at the first um, message for the year, and Well, here we are again in 2023, absolutely amazing. And what a great morning, what such joy in the room. Wonderful things that we can celebrate together and that's one of the things that we treasure here as a church family, that we do celebrate with each other and uh, such happy announcements this morning and uh, we're really thrilled for everyone. So a big warm welcome to everyone this morning and those who are with us for the first time this morning, you're most welcome. We often at this time of the year have people come ...and join us because their church may not have a service. And sometimes, you know, we have people away as well. We're on leave. So it doesn't make any difference. Wherever you are, we worship God. We welcome everyone here... And uh, I know this year is going to be a good year. What I feel to do first up is, can we pray and just dedicate this year to the Lord? Many of you may have done that already, but I feel it's a good thing for us to do together. So can we do that? Lord Jesus, we commit this year to you. Lord, we know that you are leading us, Lord. We know that this is your church, Lord. And uh, we commit to follow you in whichever direction you lead us to go, Lord. Lord, we, uh, we honour your faithfulness, Lord, and how you have brought us to this point. But, Lord, we're expectant and excited about where you will lead us in the future. And, Lord, whether there are ups and downs in that or whether there are obstacles that we will get over, Lord, we know that you'll continue to lead us. So we commit our hearts to you this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The other thing I felt uh, just to begin with this morning is just to, I felt that God wanted to remind us of a few things this morning which sometimes we can lose sight of and it's very simple really but just to remind you that you are loved by God and that you are accepted by God just as you are and to remember that God is for you, he is not against you, he's always on your side, always for you and he delights in you, I feel he's saying as the one who formed you. And his invitation this morning is not a demand for performance, but it's rather it's an invitation for relationship with him this morning and in the direction in which he will go, from a heart of God who loves you and speaks truth and truth into your life. So will we just take a moment and just say to the person next to you, you are loved by God and he will never leave you. Can we do that? Isn't that a great... ...a great sound to hear that spoken. Sometimes we need to speak these things to each other... ...and just speak it out and encourage each other. That's important. So often New Year's a time of letting go of the past... ...and embracing a new year and all of that brings. But the truth is that we need God's help with us in every single day of our lives, don't we? And I feel that there may be some people... ...either in the room or watching online... ...who may have a bit of anxiety about what this year might bring... Maybe there might be areas of uncertainty or areas of uh, change... ...and there just might be that, that deep anxiety... ...and I just feel to pray for that before we start. So can I do that? So Father, you are the God of love... ...and I thank you that you are with us in every change and transition. I'm going to say we now. We trust in your word that says the Lord your God goes with you. Therefore, as we enter this new season... We will not be anxious of the uncertainty, but we declare your word that says, I must not be anxious for anything. But in everything through prayer and supplication we will make our request made known to you, God. I think that's a good way to start, because often there is that sense of you know that some people carry, you know, that that we're just not quite sure about some aspects of this year. So how many make new year's resolutions? Can you put your hand up? Do you make new year's resolutions? Oh, we've given up on that, have we? <laughs> then I don't need to ask my next question, do I? Which is how many keep them. So you can't keep them if you don't make them, do you? <laughs> look, I used to as well, let's face it. But uh, sometimes what I might do is sit down and, and simply write the things that I think will happen this year, the things that uh, are before me this year. And I use that often as a guide because then I can go back and say, yep, yeah, when you look over that, it's not a, it's not a bad thing to do not necessarily New Year's resolution the way we might traditionally have thought of it, but just to sit and, and before God and say, well, before you, Lord, these are the things that I see before me this year that you will be with me in. And I think that's probably an encouraging thing to do at the start of the year. And there might be decisions that you have made, especially given the way God has been moving in the last part of last year in our midst, You might want to go back to some of those and and go back and say, all right, what did God show me? What is it that I'm noting here? What has he revealed to me? And carry that through into the new year. I have done that on many occasions and found that to be very helpful. What has he been saying to me? What have I been journaling? What have I heard when I've been here and heard a message? What have I heard when I've been praying? What have I been sensing? And just encapsulate that. Because that's your foundation that God has given you to start off the new year with. So can I encourage you to do that? It's different from a new year resolution. It's like this is what God has said and this is how he has uh, defined for me some guideposts in my life. So if I can encourage you to do that, I'd really be happy for that. So the message this morning is called The Church, God's Masterpiece. And I'm going to unpack why that is. And it's a message that's been... I've been preparing for a little while in preparation for this morning and we're going to go into a deep dive fairly quickly. So are you ready for a deep dive? All right, here we go. So last Tuesday morning, after most of this message had been prepared and I'd had a quiet time with the Lord, I saw this in vision and I wrote it down. This is what I saw. I see a great big eagle landing on a mountaintop high above the earth and the eagle is overshadowing the mountaintop. So you can imagine a you know, great big eagle overshadowing a high mountaintop sitting high above the earth. And I felt the Lord saying that this is my church, positioned high above the affairs of the earth, called to speak my words over the earth, called to displace the influence of the powers of darkness and to bring my kingdom life on the earth. So that was a picture of the church. Now under, and I wrote this, under eagles' wings is safety, assurance and a supernatural peace for the people of God, his church, as it operates in alignment with God's will and God's word. The eagle is large and powerful and his eyes see from God's perspective as nothing escapes the eyes of God. So that was a big picture. So later on, that was Tuesday morning, so later on that day or early that evening I was reflecting on that and I thought, right, what can I find in scripture that might support that because as we know, uh, when we move in the seer realm, that realm of dreams, visions, that prophetic realm, we need to look for confirmation and it needs to line up with God's word. So I started to look into God's word. Now I know that an eagle's mentioned many times in the Bible but as I look through some of the verses, none of them seem to confirm what I'd seen until I came to the prophet Ezekiel in his vision of heaven. And Ezekiel in uh, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 10, he described the four faces of the living creatures in heaven that he saw, a man, a lion, an ox and an eagle. Now, some Bible commentators see these as representing the different aspects of the four Gospels. So Matthew presents Jesus as the Messiah King, the lion. Mark presents Jesus as God's servant, the ox. Luke presents Jesus as the son of man, the man, and John presents Jesus as the son of God, the eagle. And there it is. That's the church carrying the presence of the son of God, Jesus, over all the earth. And I knew when I came to that one, that was a confirmation. So I feel that the Lord's wanting to encourage us as a church this morning. I feel that the eagle is the prophetic church, the the church that uh, is led by Jesus through his spirit, the church that speaks his word, that declares his truth on the earth. And I feel the Lord's encouraging us this morning. I feel he wants to build up his body this morning. And he's at work in our midst. And, of course, he's at work in all churches, not just our midst, but I'm speaking fairly generally here. But here our current theme of prayer, surrender and worship reflects his leading for us as a church, and that's our current theme. Why? Because God has uh, opened that up. It's not something that uh, was necessarily planned. It was something that the leading of the Spirit has led us into. And Pastor Matt covered that a lot towards the end of last year, but we will continue through in that. But I want to ask you a question. Have you ever wondered how God sees his church today? Has that thought ever crossed your mind? Maybe it has. Yeah, maybe it has. Many opinions, aren't there? But only one voice matters and that's the voice of God. And that's what I want to say this morning. So let's begin with this. We'll just step back a little bit. God wanted a family. That's why he created Adam and Eve. That's why he created them in the Garden of Eden. That's why he created you and I. From the beginning of time, God had a plan to redeem and restore what was lost to him in the Garden of Eden. So we were created to love him, we were created to worship him, to meet with him in prayer, to carry his glory on the earth and to carry out his plans on the earth. And all of these things are revealed through the Bible, his word for us. And in the Old Testament, we see that the nation of Israel God chose to be his people through which he would reveal himself and his people to whom he would send Jesus. Fast forward to today, and we are now also his people through our faith in Jesus. And this and this is why Jesus came to earth and why he accomplished what he accomplished on the cross of Calvary. So we are today, we are God's people reflecting his glory. We are his church, the ecclesia, the Greek word the Bible uses, for those gathered in the name of Jesus. And for those here in the room, we are gathered here in the name of Jesus. For those online, you are joining in with our gathering this morning. So, today, as we know in our own culture, the church is facing increasing opposition from a secular society. And you know, that, that push is getting harder and stronger. We know that. This is not unlike, in some ways, the opposition faced by the early church. Or the church in other times, as church history records for us. There have been times and seasons of opposition, persecution, many of these things. We're living in a time today that's not unlike some of the past seasons. And we've come from some fairly difficult years recently, haven't we? But God has shown his faithfulness during those years. And Jesus gave us a promise in his words to Peter in Matthew 16, 18, which I want to unpack for a moment. Because that's still his promise to us. So Peter had just confessed Jesus as being the son of God. He'd just spoken it out. You are the son of God. And Jesus said this, And I also say to you that you are Peter. Now the Greek word there means petros, a rock or a formation or a foundation. And on this rock I will build my church. Now in this context... Peter was the first of many building stones or building blocks of the church. And Christ, of course, was and is the chief cornerstone, the one who carries the weight of the whole church. So it's built on Christ. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And here is the promise from Jesus that no matter what comes against the church, it will prevail because Jesus is upholding it with his strength and his might. So no matter what opposition comes, no matter what words are spoken, the church will prevail because Jesus has said so and he is the one upholding and strengthening him. So Jesus has given us absolute confidence in his church and we can be confident in Jesus ...as the unshakable foundation of his church. We can be confident that he's leading his church today. That's very important that we have that foundation clear. And I feel that the Lord would encourage us this morning, right here and now... ...to focus ahead and not behind, to catch what he's doing... ...and to look up to him in prayer and worship and be prepared to move forward in faith. Faith is the key. Faith in Jesus and who he is... Faith in God's word which is completely unshakable. Now I don't know why the Lord has given me this message. I don't know what we're going to face during the year but I feel we need to grasp these things, take hold of them and make sure that uh, in our lives they're clearly planted in our hearts. We have these truths clearly planted in our hearts. And of course surrender is the expression of the absolute trust in God and we've been speaking about surrender. You see, Jesus is the one who upholds. It's his strength, it's his might, not ours. So we surrender to him and we allow him to do what he does best. We don't have to stress and strain over it. We surrender to Jesus in every area of our life and then we flow and we walk with him. Some of the anxieties that we can face can be caused by some of the opposition, some of the things we hear, some of the areas where people might fall short. And I feel that the Lord is saying, don't focus on those things. Let me deal with those things. Focus on me and who I am and be prepared to move forward with me. So the church is God's masterpiece. So why might that be? The church is God's masterpiece to reveal his glory on the earth to the whole of creation. Now I'm going to unpack this. We're going to unpack a scripture that's not often referenced, but shows the enormity of God's plan for the world. So we're going big picture this morning. I want to paint the big picture that God has painted for us this morning. So let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 9 to 13, and unpack that for a few minutes. So Paul was writing here to the church in Ephesus. And in his letter to the Ephesian church, he reveals much of God's purposes for the church. We're just going to look at some selected verses now. But that book really describes so much about the church and its purpose. So verse 9, I'll just pick it up at there. It says, And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Well, the mystery, of course, has been revealed to us. The mystery then was that Jesus, the Messiah, came to save the Jews and the Gentiles and to bring all together into a new people who would inherit his promises from his word. This is the church today. It's a multicultural people brought together by Jesus. So we are one because we are brought together, all gathered together by one. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. We're going to unpack this. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. What this is telling us is that our purpose is not just for what you know what we see in the natural on the earth. There's a much bigger glorious purpose of the church who shines in all her glory in the heavenly places. We're going to unpack this a little bit. So who are these principalities and powers in the heavenly places that God's making his wisdom known to? Well, we know that there are principalities and powers in the realm of the fallen angels, but also in the realm of the angels that God created. So we're going to get into the spiritual here just for a few minutes. So what's happening? The fallen angels, they see people being saved through Jesus. They see people being transformed. They see people being healed. They see people being set free. They see people preaching the gospel. And the truth is that they are powerless against the power of the cross of Christ. The only way they gain any power is through deceiving humans. We'll come back to this. Now, humans have weaknesses and at times we know churches have fallen short. But I feel like the Lord is encouraging us to leave those things to him to handle. Leave them for him to sort out and let Let our faith not be weakened by these things. So the church is not perfect on its own, but this does not mean that God's plan is in any way flawed or in any way lacking. It simply means that humans have failings and we know that Christ is at work today at all times bringing healing and redemption. So God's revealed plan is that the church would be the agent for his wisdom and his glory to be revealed from the earth two heavenly places. We're going to unpack this a bit further. God's plan was that his manifold wisdom, that's the many and various aspects of God's wisdom, would be made known in heavenly places through his church, through his church. And we are his church today and we carry the plans of God for the earth. And I feel that God is reminding us this morning that we are part of something very big of cosmic proportions. Now, how many times do we Uh, hear stories of, uh, you know, people who might be um, developing things on the earth and we talk about cosmic implications, space travel's a really good example of that and a lot of what's happening in that area. That's nothing compared with God's church. Absolutely nothing compared with the cosmic proportions of the influence of God's church. So I feel that it's way beyond, of course, the confines of our earthly existence and, of course, it has eternal significance And that's the thing. What's happening here has eternal significance. So this is a word of encouragement that I feel God wants to give us to hang on to. When Paul also, he was suffering during his imprisonment in Rome, when he wrote that uh, letter to the Ephesian church. But this is what he said also. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. This was verse 12. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory. So for us today, the encouragement is not to lose heart when we see the suffering of our brothers and sisters in churches around the world. For us today, the encouragement is, uh, from the Lord is to set our hearts on... Of course, we pray, but set our hearts on the big picture. We can become discouraged inside. And I feel that the Lord is wanting to touch that place in us this morning... And speak to that place in us because without realising it sometimes we pick things up from what we see, from what we read and that discouragement can be you know, deep down in our hearts. And I feel the Lord wants to touch that place this morning and uh, bring us to a place of being able to focus on the bigger picture and what he says. I feel the Lord's wanting us to set, on, set our hearts on the big picture on God's perspective as we begin this year of 2023. The truth is... That the church is shining in this hour. And the darker the hour, the brighter the light for all to see. So, the greater the darkness, and we know darkness is increasing, the greater the darkness, the brighter the light. And that light is shining. And I feel like the Lord's encouraging you and I this morning. Your light is shining collectively together. Our light is shining. The church, you and I together, is making the wisdom of God known in the heavenlies. Now, God's angels also see God's wisdom at work through the church. So how do we know this? Let's have a, a look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. To them it was revealed, that's the Old Testament prophets, that not to themselves but to us they were ministering the things which, you, which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things which angels desire to look into. So the Old Testament prophets saw some of what Christ would bring, but now all is revealed clearly, that Jesus has made the way for the salvation of all who would believe in him. Angels desire to look into this. That says something, doesn't it, about the church and about how God has positioned us as a church. They watch what's happening here. Heaven rejoices, do you think, when someone's saved? I think they do because they're watching. They're rejoicing when someone's saved. What about us, though? Do we rejoice when we see someone saved? Do we rejoice when someone is healed? Do we rejoice at the miracle of salvation, the goodness of God, and the outworking of his plan? Because heaven's watching. What happens when we rejoice? And I sense that our rejoicing, our praise, our agreement with God, our love of him and others goes far and way beyond this room, way beyond our own homes and it displaces darkness and ushers in the light of Jesus right into the cosmic proportions. It's amazing when this is why the church is God's masterpiece. It was his design that this would be the way, that Jesus would be made known. This is the way we would be reconciled to God. This is the way the earth would know the truth. This is the way. So let's have a look at earthly wisdom compared with God's wisdom just for a minute. Earthly wisdom today is based around humanism, which is self-help apart from God. There's a lot of that around at the moment. And yes, some things are good, but they're better with God. Let me put it this way. We actually can't help ourselves without God. That's the truth of it. We can only go so far. But let me say this. God's wisdom does not align with our reasoning. And our reasoning cannot align with his wisdom. Why? Because he's God and we are not. He's greater than we are. And he has revealed much to us, but there's much that we would not possibly understand because we are not him. So this is where faith and trust in him comes in. It's not who we are on our own. It's not about how God uses us. It's about him and the glory that belongs to him. And his glory at all times points to him and not us. So the glory that is in the church as we worship, as we pray, all of those things, they point to Jesus they point to his glory. That's why we're here, to point to him. That's why we're on the earth, to point to him, to praise him, to worship him, surrender our lives to him, that his glory would be seen, that his glory would be seen on the earth, that his glory is seen in the heavenlies. That's why we're here. You know, God wants to set us a light this year, I believe, in the Holy Spirit. And uh, we'll touch a bit more on that next week. But I really believe that the Holy Spirit is stirring and wants to stir us up, that our hearts would be on fire, that our hearts would be aflame, where Jesus would burn and his glory would burn and we would just manifest and demonstrate his glory because of who we are, because of our worship, because of what we speak, because of what we believe deep in our hearts. And I think the Lord is touching deep things in hearts here as he paints this big picture, that you would see, I believe that he's saying, that you would see the magnificence of what I have created and he is the creator. So Paul, dealing with uh, in writing in 1 Corinthians he was dealing with division in the church and he reminds us that we are all one under the lordship of Jesus through faith in him. And, of course, that goes beyond church boundaries as well. He says this, "'For since the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, "'it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached "'to save those who believe, "'because the cross looks like foolishness without faith.'" God's wisdom is revealed to the world by his church the message of salvation, of healing and of freedom from all oppression of the enemy. No one else carries this message. No one else carries this message. No one else is empowered by God to bring his message on the earth. Nobody else. His church is empowered. We are empowered to speak words of life that align with the kingdom of God. And he's encouraging us to speak, to use our voices we're meant to make a noise, we're meant to make an impact, we're meant to speak, to sing, to praise, all of those things. To preach that there is no other way to God as is being increasingly accepted in our multi-faith society is a great deception and that's a deception that is increasing and you may be hearing that. Our multi-faith society which embraces all belief systems is starting to accept that there is more than one way to a God, and it's the same God, and it is not the truth. It's a deception. We need to be alert and aware of that. There's a lot of my truth in our world today, isn't there? This is my truth. And there's only one source of truth, that is God and his word. The Bible shows us there's only one source of truth, and that is God. We carry his truth. So let's be on guard, on watch. Let's be alert to what we're listening to, to what we might be receiving. Because without realizing it, our belief systems can be shifted by what we are exposed to. So, this is why God's word is so important as the plumb line to come back to say, what does his word say about that? What is his truth about that? So, this morning we're speaking his truth about his church. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. This doesn't mean that we reject other people, but we must be clear about the message that we carry, the message of Christ who died in our place that we would live. So we're not to be afraid of offending people with the message of the cross. We're to preach it boldly. Preach it boldly. So the church, God's masterpiece, is not an option on the earth. It's not an option for us who believe in Jesus belonging to a church is not an option. Now the online church, I want to talk about just very briefly, has its place in places where travel's not possible. It was a great gift to a world in lockdown. It was a great gift to those who may not be well, and that was myself included in the middle of last year. It's a great gift that we have. But we still remember that we belong to God's household. And I'll talk more about God's household next week. We are part of the household of God. That's another message which is, uh, you know, when you think about it, it's extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. We need each other and we need Holy Spirit and we'll talk more about that next week as well. Not just on Sunday morning, but the coming together at church in worship is important. The coming together is important. The word courages today as it did in Hebrews 10 Verse 23 to 25, to gather together and pray and to worship and to receive the word of God. It says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works Not forsaking, we'll expand on this next week, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting or encouraging one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. That day refers to the day of the Lord, the return of Christ, who will set all things right. That day was approaching when that book of Hebrews was written. It's much closer now. It is much closer now. We don't know how long, but the church is preparing for the return of Christ. It may be in our lifetime, it may not be in our lifetime, but it is approaching. The church is here for a purpose on the earth. When Jesus returns, the church will be taken to Jesus. Our job will be done. But while we're here, there is a job to do. There is a purpose for us being here. That purpose is a glorious purpose purpose, a wonderful calling, an extraordinary thing which God has done for you and I. Extraordinary thing that he has done, how he has called us, how he fills us up with himself, how he empowers us and equips us. The life that he has called us to live is an extraordinary life when you look beyond the confines of what we know. I'm not saying we don't touch the world. I'm not saying that at all. We're called to go out into the world. But we go out with a clear purpose and a clear identity of who we are, who we represent, and that we belong to something bigger. We're not lone rangers. We all need that. We've seen throughout the cosmos. We are seen. I wonder what power there is in the witness to the fallen angels. I don't know the answer to this. But I wonder... I wonder what happens when the fallen principalities and powers see a church worship God with faith and fervour. I wonder what happens. They know that they're defeated. I wonder what happens. What does that do? We don't know. But I'm sure it does something. I'm sure it weakens. Do they tremble seeing what Jesus has accomplished just as they trembled at the cross? Seeing people saved and set free, do they tremble? I think they do. I think they do. And they're seeing what Jesus said to Peter, that the gates of hell will not prevail, will not prevail. And what happens when the church rejoices that someone is saved, someone is healed, someone is set free by Jesus? I'm sure that it has an impact in pushing back the darkness and weakening the darkness. I can't tell you that from scripture and verse. But that's what I sense happens because we're dealing with the spiritual realm here. So your relationship with Jesus is a priority. And there's an urgency in the spirit in this hour. I can feel it. There's an urgency in the spirit. Now I can remember 2008... Uh, When I wasn't well, I was in a lot of pain. I remember having an angelic visitation. I heard them, I didn't see them. But they were singing about the return of the Lord to the earth. Soon. Soon. We know that that time is approaching. We know that time, you know, God will give us the time that we need, but we must use the time wisely. Let's not be lukewarm in 2023. Let's be ready to be fired up in the power of the Spirit when he starts to move. Let's be ready to have our hearts set on fire. Let's be ready to respond when he starts to move in our midst. Let's be ready to worship, to praise, to open our mouths, to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit, to usher in the presence of the Holy Spirit because we know that we are on solid rock, we are on solid ground. We are the church of Jesus Christ who will never leave us or forsake us. He is the one upholding us. We're not doing it in our strength. It is in his strength when we surrender to him and allow him to move and allow his spirit to move in our midst then we will see the miracles then we will see the signs and wonders we will see miraculous healing healings we will see all the things that we have spoken about we have talked about but we must be ready we must be ready as a church together ready to encourage each other ready to move together and ready to welcome in presence of Holy Spirit because he's coming I tell you he is coming he's coming He wants to come. Whoa. He's coming. I think he's here, actually. (laughs) Who's ready? Who's hungry? Yes, Lord. This, This hunger in our hearts is important and the things that can hold us back. And I'll just touch on some things very quickly just before we close. Hmm. Some of the things that can hold us back, individually and together, I just want to touch on quickly. One, waiting for God's promises to be filled to you. There are times to keep moving while he works things through. That's important. That can be a stumbling block for us. Certainly we we depend on God's promises. We look to him for his promises, but we don't sit still while we're waiting for him to fulfil his promises. We continue to move with him. We continue to engage with him. We continue to engage with what he's doing in our midst. We continue to engage with how he is moving in the church because our being together is important. As individuals, yes, we're important, but our togetherness is also very important with God. Waiting can be with a heart of faith or a heart of doubt. Oh, I'm not sure whether this is going to happen, so I'm just going to hesitate just while I see. While we're waiting, we move forwards. And I feel that's what the Lord's encouraging us this morning. Move forwards while he fulfils his promises to you and let him work things out. But don't let that hold you back from engaging with what he is doing and wants to do here. The other thing is we can become offended at who God uses to speak his truth. (laughs) I'll just leave that. (laughs) So, as we said, God's wisdom doesn't align with our reasoning and our reasoning cannot align with his wisdom. And again, this is where humility, faith, trust and a reverential fear of the Lord are part of our character formation. And God can use whoever he chooses to speak into his lives. So we'll leave it there for this morning. I hope that you take away that message. I hope you see that big picture of the church of Jesus Christ, his place in it, his promises to his church, that we can flow. There's nothing stopping us stepping into that, only ourselves. Any doubts that we have, I'm going to pray. Let's choose this morning to let go of our own ideas, about how things should be, how the church should be, of our judgments against any church for any reason, depending on our own wisdom, and let's choose to surrender to the one who is all, the one who is everything and is so worthy of our praise. So, Lord, I pray for your empowering grace upon each of our lives to love the church the way you do. To see her as a bride in all of her splendour, in all of her beauty, in all of her glory, witnessing every day to the whole of the cosmos of the wisdom of God in his mercy, in his grace and in his love and the victory of Jesus who is present in his church by his Holy Spirit. Lord, help us never to lose the awe and the wonder of you. And I'm going to finish on that. Lord, help us always to be aware of the awe and wonder of you, Jesus, that we would see your beauty before us, that we would see your glory before us, Lord, that you would touch us, Lord, even as we reach out. And if you feel to reach out, you reach out. But Lord, would you touch us again, Lord? Fill us with your spirit, Lord, Let us be carriers of your glory, Lord. Let us be confident in you. Let us know, Lord, that you already have won the victory, Lord. There is no need to doubt. And, Lord, let us walk forward confidently knowing that we are part of something big, something beautiful, the bride of Christ, Lord, that you are returning to. And, Lord, in that time in between, whenever that is, Lord, that we would have the confidence and the boldness Lord, to keep our eyes on you and not be deterred by anything we hear, Lord, or anything that we try and get in the way. So again, we commit this year to you. As your church, we commit together as your church and as your bride, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today, amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We'll all need some good news, and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a Good News Story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for
0: you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.